Welcome to The Nine Design, a podcast where we look at all nine Enneagram types in light of our culture as Aussies and our faith as followers of Jesus. I'm Seth. And I'm Serena, and we're so excited to have you join us for season two of The Nine Design. It's different from a day off. It's not a day to catch up on all that stuff around the house that you've wanted to do in the projects. And so looking for the ways to worship God in that day. All right, we are up to episode four in season two. In this episode, we'll be having a conversation with two Aussies who will be sharing their experience of Sabbath from their different Enneagram types. We'll hear about how their personalities play a big part in what Sabbath looks like and how it's easy or not easy for them. They'll also share some really practical tips on what they do and how they got started practicing the Sabbath. We are so thankful you've chosen to make The Nine Design a part of your life and our hope for this podcast is that it would help you discover how God has uniquely designed you so you can grow into the potential of who you are and help others do the same. So if you find this podcast helpful, we would love you to share it with your friends and use it to start meaningful conversations about life, community, and spirituality. Let's dive into the creative ways we've been designed. Okay, so we have some special guests here with us, and we're going to be hearing from them specifically talking about Sabbath and how they deal with the practices and things that they go through. We've got Ryan, who is a type seven, and Casey, who is a type nine. So welcome to The Nine Design, Ryan and Casey. Now, I'm super excited to have you both on today's episode because I am married to one of you and for one is my best friend. So I'm super excited. This is a delight for me to have both of you on The Nine Design today. Starting with you, Casey, can you share a little bit about your life, like who you are and what you do? Mm. I am from Sydney. I've lived here my whole life and for the last 10 years or so, I've lived out on the edges of Sydney in the Hawkesbury. I'm married to Phil. I've been married for about 11 years. We don't have a perfect marriage, but we make each other better and it's getting better with age. We have three kids, Abel, who's five, Finn, who's four, and Willow is one. So what I do is motherhood. (laughs) Yeah, and I enjoy also a bit of design and, and communications work. And I've known Serena about 14 or 15 years Mm. it's a rich beautiful relationship (laughs) it is (laughs) no it's very it's massive blessing probably we've known each other that long Mm -hmm. but yeah Seth was my child Seth would have been a baby when I met you Mm -hmm. so Ryan what about you who are you and what do you do Uh, right well I'm Ryan I'm married to Serena so I'm so proud of uh, her one of the co-host uh in the uh, place of fame right now wow have to get your autograph later no, I, <laughs> I have uh, a beautiful wife three kids we live in melbourne victoria australia and uh we love jesus we love people and we love uh, helping people connect with jesus we're part of power to change which is a non-profit group that basically help people to form and transform communities with the life and the love of Jesus. Yeah, so love being a part of and experiencing different communities and hearing different stories and really stoked to be here. We have you here specifically to talk about the Sabbath and being a type seven and type nine, both of you have very different strengths and very different struggles. So I'm going to ask Ryan, if you want to start off, being a type seven, 
what does the Sabbath mean to you? Like, what what does it look like? Is it easy? Is it hard? Yeah, it's it's a funny word to start with. When I was thinking about this, I thought it's kind of like a bath. So maybe Sabbath, taking a bath, it's kind of restful. But then I'm like, well, <laughs> that's not really what it means. I know that, but it kind of has those connotations <laughs> to it. It's uh, to do with rest. But uh, look, Sabbath is challenging for me. If I could put in one word, it's a discipline. It's been a lifelong learning, continues to be, but it's probably one of the most important things to help center and focus my life more than anything else. And so, yeah, I'm still learning how to put best practices in place so that I can stay focused. So so is it something that you are actually practicing? Oh, I ditched it. It was too hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I did practice it. I, I grew up with, I'm a type seven, uh, I have a wing eight. My dad was a type eight, I've come to realize. And he was very strong on discipline and things. And I, I realized how helpful that's been, particularly in this practice. Yeah, there's things in my life that I've put in place, particularly since meeting Jesus, which has just helped me to be able to focus with all the ideas and opportunities and different people and environments. So yeah, there's there's probably the, a few basic ones for me is, you know, every day I have reminders set on my phone almost every hour, which is like scriptures or promises from God about life. And they come up which is kind of like a mini Sabbath. I need that because it helps me remember who he is or who I am, what I'm meant to do. And then every week I'll do a half day with God. Generally it's out in the bush or up a mountain or by a river. And I find that if I'm in a place where everything else is moving, it actually helps me to stop moving. And that's a huge part of Sabbath for me is is actually stopping moving because, you know, I'm very fidgety and probably a lot of sevens are. There's a lot of action and distraction. And and so it actually is probably the only place I ever really stop and, and stop moving physically. And that's a really healthy thing to help me focus. I start every year, I'll do a week out out in the bush with God, wherever he kind of leads me to go each day. And that practice is to ask him what his priorities and focus points are for the year Again, so I'm a, I like to plan and know what's ahead. Allows for freedom, flexibility, and uh, and adventure, and things to look forward to. But that helps me to actually stay on point with the key things that are most important. Otherwise, there's so many great things you can get involved in. So that's a quick summary. Cool. That's really good because I know this would be like an upstream thing for you naturally. It wouldn't be something that you'd find easy. So it sounds like you put in a lot of thought and planning to make it actually happen, which is really, really cool. Yeah, I've had to actually, because when I don't, life just is so much more uh, chaotic or confusing f- for me personally. I just feel like I'm just not centered and and Serena would see the difference. I think anyone would. If I let go of those and I do it different times, then life just gets so much more complicated, confusing, mm. and I can't seem to focus as well or speak as clear or father as well or lead as well. And so that's been a really key disciplined learn, which actually brings greater freedom. Has it always been like something that you've put into your life or found easy? Well, I'm a lot like Jesus, you see. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, I don't think so. I think my dad and mum are very different. My mum's, I'm a lot more like my mum actually. Um, My dad, because he was really focused and disciplined, that became a really important foundation for me, which wasn't natural for me, but because that was the environment I grew up in, it helped me be able to be more natural like that in areas of my life to apply myself 
beyond how I felt or how boring it might be. And that's just a life learning. You go through school and you're up all night doing assignments because you didn't actually work towards it. You got distracted playing this or doing that. It's pretty normal. But I've learned, I guess, the importance of it because particularly when you're in places and positions of, of helping others grow or lead or influence in different places, when you're learning how to do that, it starts with being led by God personally through his spirit. And also then learning how to actually kind of lead your own heart, lead yourself in a way, which sounds weird, but, and that's why the Enneagram has been helpful to help me understand more how God sees me or how he's made me so that I can be able to kind of engage with life and people better, um, be more present to people because I really have spent my life struggling to do that. And that's why Sabbath is a discipline. Mm. If I consistently kind of ignore that Sabbath space, for me, I just end up not being present to people and not actually listening or not actually caring, to be honest, or getting distracted because I want to get out of the tough conversation or I want to move towards something more exciting or do something exciting, but actually miss that moment where there could be a real impact for, for them, especially with those that don't know God as well. We don't know him and, and I can miss it because I'm distracted. Mm. Wow, that's really helpful. Thanks, Ryan. Casey, you're, you're a type nine. You view things probably slightly different. What does Sabbath mean to you? Do you find it easy? Or is it difficult? Yeah, it's something I do find easy and natural. I think before I was practicing Sabbath, it probably came in pockets of my time naturally but now it's more structured and purposeful but it is a natural thing for me to stop and rest and not be caught up and probably be able to zone out a little bit <laughs> is natural mm-hmm. yeah and, and what does that look like for you phil my husband was the one who brought it up to me and we discussed like to talk about putting it into our life the the discipline and and it's quite structured for us in a way in the terms of the time so it'll be thursday evening through to friday evening it's stopping It's slowing down, doing things that give us life amongst three little kids. So just Mm -hmm. having grace on ourselves that it's not going to look like a holiday for that day or look like the perfect version of Sabbath that we would envision. Mm -hmm. But, you know, making them a part of it. And Mm. I like that it's different from a day off. It's not a day to catch up on all that stuff around the house that you've wanted to do in the projects. And mm. um, so looking for the ways to worship God in that day, we're still learning that for sure. Um, we're only baby Sabbaths people. <laughs> <laughs> so still looking for what that looks like for us. Definitely involves a lot of food and a lot of things that we enjoy and the kids love. Um, Phil decided to bring in having pink Nesquik in the mornings. For, that was his favourite as a kid. And so they call that, yeah, they call yeah. that Shabbat drink. Oh, oh so they that's think so cool. that Shabbat all, drink. That's fantastic. When they ask for the Shabbat drink all week, they say Shabbat. Like B-U-T at the yeah. end. Yeah. Shabbat. Shabbat. So the kids really look forward to that, those little special things. Um <laughs> that we've they've put around it and I, as they get older they'll learn more about mm. the depth of it and what it's about mm. it came up during covid at the beginning of covid mm. and it just felt like the right time mm. it felt like the right time to bring in a change into our lives and mm. use the sort of slower opportunity in life to bring this slower practice in mm. 
what sort of things, like if you get really practical, you said you start Thursday evening. Mm -hmm. So what do you start with? We start with a meal together. It wouldn't be something boring that Phil would not look forward to. And then the kids. So it has to be a good meal. Yep. yep. Um, involves praying together and having the space to do that, that we wouldn't normally carve out always. Mm. Putting in traditions mm -hmm. in our life, reading much more, mm. Um, mm. having the space to do that without feeling like guilty. It might even involve like walking able to school that day because it's a Friday, so he's going to school. Mm -hmm. And that's just nice, Yeah, like doing something slower yeah. like that. There might be times when it involves catching up with people, but it's you've got to filter it through, you know, mm. like what that is going to look like for you. Casey, this is an easier thing for you being a nine. What do you find to be the hardest part about Sabbath for you personally? Like what do you find difficult? Mm, that's easy to answer. The prep. I feel as a mum being at home, my work is at home. That day, I don't want to do any grocery shopping. I don't want to be doing any housework. So preparing all that in the days leading up, making sure that I'm not going to be sitting in a bomb of a house mm. or with no food and we have to, I don't want to go to the grocery store on mm -hmm. Sabbath. So it's prepping those things and I feel probably a little bit of pressure Mm. on Thursday you know have I got have I got everything we need for tomorrow and that is probably the hard the challenge right. but it's helpful because on that day when it's mm. happening if mm. I'm in a healthy space and I'm feeling like I want to action a lot of things mm -hmm. it's the perfect time mm. and space mm. and I've got to stop myself because it can't be about that it's not about work it's yeah. not checking my to-do right. list it's mm -hmm. resting it's resting in god in yeah. that space it's not about getting things done and that's probably the challenge right. that that's the challenge on the day yeah well ryan for you this is a harder thing naturally what do you find easiest about it though being a type seven is there anything in there that you're like oh yeah that's the easy part i think for me well first i think and this is important i think it's once you know what fills you up and and what you love doing I love adventure. I love outdoor. I love variety. Sometimes I love just starting going, I know I've got a Sabbath, you know, Holy Spirit, where do we go? What do we do? And I might feel like a mountain that day. Uh, I might feel like a river. I might feel like one time I felt like I needed, needed to go sit with some sheep in a field, which I know sounds weird. <laughs> a friend of mine had sheep in his backyard. So I rang up and sat in his paddock for half a day. Yeah, well, I tell you, he was talking, but this is the beauty, right? He talks through uh, wherever he, he leads you. And I think that's the easy part. It's the adventure. Mm. It's the unknown. It's the space. Uh, it's the no agenda, but what he might bring and the surprise of that is really exciting. So mm. that's the easy part. A measure for me is like if I go to a place and it takes me half an hour in that place with God to actually my mind to stop thinking through everything, my body to stop fidgeting, now the ideas to stop coming that I I've, have to write in a book or on a phone because they're great ideas <laughs> most of the time. If I If it takes half an hour, I'm like I've probably been out of this space too long. So the shorter it takes for me to actually get centered and be still, is actually an indication for me for how much Sabbath isn't just something I'm doing in that moment, but it's something I've been learning to have as a rhythm of my life. Mm. And I think that's where I want to get to, mm. where it's the normal rhythm that I never have to leave that place of rest, even if I'm in a place of chaos, which is most of the other time.
practical ways that you would encourage others to get started on Sabbath, uh, Casey? Read up on it, look to God's Word, look to the Bible and what um, Jesus said about it, what God's always said about it. Read some of the stuff that's out there at the moment. I think the more you read about it and what it is, then it's going to be something that your heart wants to do. Mm. So I'm not one for telling people you should do this. Mm. I can tell them what it does for me, Yeah, but it's got to come from the right motivation and right heart. That's good. Mm. Was it hard to start with? It was tricky to know practically what it looks like. Mm. And I think it was a bit hard with the kids. Yeah. Some, some weeks you think, mm-hmm. oi, mm. this is not <laughs> like it was this morning. <laughs> Have you found that now you've started it, that it's like become a part of your life that you would want to give up or let go of? It's been definitely the best thing to come out of COVID for us. Well, um, and the best really thing cool. for our family that yeah. that we've done in a long time. Ryan, how would you encourage others who were just wanting to start practicing Sabbath? What would be the biggest encouragement you would give them? Yeah, I, I was just thinking about this quote. Like I know some people listening uh, are listening and maybe on a journey to get to know who God is and what he's like. For me, one thing that quote, the heart is restless until it finds rest mm-hmm. in him, is really important. At least it is for for me as a seven, I've resonated with that space of uh, always being restless. And I just think the truest form of rest has always been in him. It was what we're made for. It's where peace starts and peace ends and peace is because it's his presence. It's him. And you never find that in anything else. The practice of it takes you to the heart of it, uh, and the heart of it is the practice of it. It starts with a willingness to reshape my life around the things that were important to how God has made us as humans, to the, the connection and the peace that we all look for. And I think if I'm willing to reshape my life around, or at least ask that question and then reshape my life around the answer, that's where it starts Uh, and then can flow into the other places. So that would be the question I'd probably ask as number one question is, do I actually, am I willing to reshape my life around some of the practices and ways that Jesus lived so that we could live in the fullness of who we were made to be and bring his fullness into the world that's going to put a stillness to the chaos. And the noise. Of the world, the noise, relentless um, noise, the noise and the distraction Mm -hmm. around us. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, Yeah. So if I value this, I'm going to actually schedule it. I love what Casey's saying. She actually they valued enough to to reshape life and schedule Mm -hmm. it into their life and schedule towards it. And I think there's so many things we can jump into or be a part of. So that would be like actually look at your diary and go, right, Mm -hmm. I am going to spend this time. And I may not know how it looks. And for me, I've never really engaged in this. So it's going to look like half an hour. We'll start with half an hour. If it looks like 10 minutes, start with 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. If it looks like one minute, start with one minute pause. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an app that John Eldridge brought, which was really helpful. That's a great place to start if all you can start and handle is one minute. Mm -hmm. I would say start, schedule it, and then Mm -hmm. build upon it. Uh, Revisit it after a month and say, okay, Mm -hmm. well, you know, how's this affected my life and focus? Okay, I'm going to actually make a commitment to do two hours every week and then figure out what makes you feel alive Mm -hmm. when you do it. Don't do something someone else is doing spent years trying to copy how other people I thought were living these holy lives or whatever were doing it and it became a pressure not a delight Mm. it didn't become a pleasure and I think 
finding what it is that you love that God's put in you. If it's music, it's music. If it's adventure and outdoors, it's that. You know, if it's being in a cafe surrounded by people drinking good coffee and that's your space, engage with it. Figure out some of these things with God and then schedule it. Mm. All right, so Ryan, you've come across as a fairly healthy seven. When you're under stress and you're taking on maybe some of the one behaviors, you're going to feel guilty about things and just feel like there's a list and these are the things I should be doing, but I have to rest and I'm not getting that done. Like, what does that look like? Does any of that come into play as a seven? That's a good question. I think it does come into play, not that you don't do it, but you can't enjoy it. And I think the true Sabbath for me is that the enjoy enjoyment of it and of the being still and the being present to the moment because we're future focused. So what gets lost is it's you can't seem to get present and get the fullness out of that enjoyment and you don't actually walk away feeling focused and energised as much as still mm-hmm. have that element of stress mm-hmm. uh, or pressure underlying that which for me turns towards an eight expression in then my connections with people or the things I've got to do or my family, which is first kind of gets hit. So, mm. yeah, I think that's how I would process that, yeah. Okay, so, Casey, for, for a nine, when you're under stress, you take on some of the behaviours of a six. Does that change the way that Sabbath looks for you? Because right now you sound fairly healthy. You're, you're the planning ahead and all that sort of stuff. That's like a really healthy nine. When you're feeling stressed, does that shift at all? Yeah, I think it becomes a few different things. Practically, it probably becomes lazy. So it would mean less prep, less special things. Everyone would feel it that that I'm, you know, responsible for. And I think less purpose in it. It would just become a bit of a lost time. If I was stressed and probably relationally, my mind would be overthinking Mm -hmm. and I would probably just be distracted in that way and then turn to putting on five episodes of Grand Designs (laughs) and wasting my Sabbath. A good show but nothing that's delighting and nothing that's worshipping. So I guess it would be, yeah, sort of wasted away. Right. So you said like your brain wouldn't be switched off and and turning to like Netflix or something like that. For you, is that like trying to numb those questions or those thoughts of the brain that maybe you're pulling from the six when you're in a stress place? Is that the go-to? Absolutely. Yeah, I know that's a bit textbook nine, but it's something that I absolutely connect with. Mm. Yeah. So we have a type nine and a type seven here in the studio with us. We've been listening to their story and how they understand Sabbath from their point of view. What does it look like to be a type seven in Australia? What does it look like to be a type nine in the Australian context? I'm going to ask you, Casey, first, 
being a type nine, can you tell a story of what it looks like in your your context here in Australia? Oh, that's tricky. I probably would draw maybe not a core nine when I'm accessing my one wing and I'm being a bit OCD about things. I might hang my clothes on the line in a really particular order. <laughs> like it's in the middle, it's socks and undies. And then out from that, the items get bigger and they've got to be hung that way. Yeah. It's just the way it's got to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm all over that. And I guess that's Aussie. Yeah. Clothesline. The, the clothesline. <laughs> I don't I don't think any US or UK listeners, which we, we do have some, which is cool from there, I don't think they have a close line, which is um Well it's it's not a it's not a common thing. So my wife is yeah. American and that yeah. was one of the biggest cultural differences when she mm -hmm. came over. She's like, Why yeah. is everyone hanging everything? We've we've got dryers, why don't we use it? I was like, Well, we've got the sun. Like that's <laughs> wow. So yeah. Uh -huh. It's a big one. Yeah, that would be the way I would relax or mm. chill would be outside in the sun mm. with an iced coffee. Mm. Yeah, and so it's got to be coffee. Oh, yeah, I see. Casual, casual footwear and footwear optional. You normally are wearing Ugg boots. Yeah. Well, you aren't tonight, or, but you normally are. Yeah. A relaxed <laughs> version yeah. of shoes. Yes. All right. What about you, Ryan? As a type seven, can you give us a story that kind of sums up what being a type seven in Australia might look like? What What is that for you? You know, the generic Australian crocodile Dundee was my hero. Um, <laughs> always wanted to be like him. And for those that are listening, g'day. But uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. So that's for anyone who's under what thirty five. <laughs> They, they won't remember if they're under 35. Get a radio crocodile Dundee. That's a, that's a classic. Late classic. 80s, yep. <laughs> yes. How do you say it? I'll just tell you a story for me that, that really kind of represents it. It kind of ties a little bit to Sabbath because I was out by Billabong, which is basically a large puddle of water <laughs> that you sit around. You might call it a dam uh, in another part of the world. And uh, I was sitting on a log and I was sitting there for a little bit and then all of a sudden underneath the log shoots out a red-bellied black snake because there's lots of snakes in Australia. And I was like, fair dinkum, jumped up on the log and it freaked me out. I'm, you know, I'm talking with God and red-bellied black snake pops out. I could have died. How crazy is that, you know? Like, uh, But then I realised now this is the beautiful thing because this is how sevens connect the dots, right? doesn't matter what it is. I'm like, that's just like what it means to follow Jesus because, you know, the enemy's like this snake trying to poison you with his lies and then you sit down on God's word and God's there and the snake has to get out of the way and it runs real fast because you're scared. Yeah, that's how I played that out. So that might be uniquely seven or just... A bit weird in my head, but that was, Ryan. Maybe. Yeah, you yeah. saw God's story in that. Oh, that's so good! I can't stop laughing hearing that. There's so many, so many classic Aussie phrases you threw in there. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna keep that one recording on my phone and play it over. And and it was deep. It was like, oh, Ryan, you're gold. I like it. How do we follow that? So on the nine design, we often ask our special guests, how do they reflect the original? So Casey Evans, how do you reflect the original? I found it really hard to answer this without asking someone else first <laughs> how I reflected the original 
but I did it. And <laughs> I thought about it and I thought that I feel like I have a strength of bringing clarity mm. and peace and strength mm. in saying things and communicating things particularly if we're in a if there's been a confusing conversation or lots of different opinions or maybe disagreement I feel like I can summarize in a way that's clear yeah and peaceful but still strong mm-hmm. and I feel like Jesus did that many times and was able to come in and just say whoever is without sin throw the first stone mm. or give to Caesar what is Caesar's those sort of mm. clear Mm-hmm. peaceful mm-hmm. things that were said in love yeah but were like a mad mic drop moment <laughs> not saying I do mic drop moments all the time but definitely I feel I'm able to clearly mm. summarize things in a peaceful but strong way mm. yeah that's awesome what about you Ryan how do you reflect the original yeah I think how I reflect the original as I get to know him more is passion and it's probably true for a lot of sevens and that passion i might express is being able to put your whole heart into everything you're doing but when we put our whole heart in something it's like love god this is what we're made for with every thought in your mind every passion of your heart every movement of your being and i just love that because it's so holistic and so that's a strength i think that god is growing in me that i bring into the world to reflect it We're going to continue talking to Aussies in the episodes coming up about how they incorporate spiritual practices into their lives. We're going to look at the upstream and downstreams and listen to like the very practical ways they are doing these things. Ryan Clift is also going to be joining us, sharing with us his reflections all season long. I want to promote a couple things. Go to our website, check out our t-shirts that are on there if you haven't seen them yet. Uh, they're, they're really cool ways of affirming and kind of joking around about the different types. We also have earrings, which look really cool. The colors line up exactly with the colors that we've chosen for each type. So check them out. And if you're interested in the Enneagram coaching, fill out the contact form on the website and claim your free 30-minute discovery call to discuss your specific coaching needs with Serena. So thanks for listening and don't forget to follow us on social media and leave us a five-star review on iTunes as it helps more people find us. And as always, you were designed to reflect the original.